Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Ray, and you're listening to another episode of the Real Music Nashville podcast. For this episode, I sat down with Year of October over a Zoom call, and uh, it was a really great conversation. These guys are super easy to talk to, and uh, you know, really nice. I feel like we uh, gelled pretty well. Unfortunately, this is the first Zoom call I've ever done where I had audio issues on both sides, so I had to rely entirely on Zoom's audio quality and their stupid noise gate that they use that I'm just not a fan of. That being said, um, the audio quality is pretty good. I was able to clean it up, and I don't think it'll interfere with the listener's experience at all. Year of October is a trio here in Nashville. Uh, consists of Felicia and Josh Sullivan. Uh, Felicia sings, Josh plays guitar, and James Barner plays drums. They have a surprisingly heavy sound, and we get into that in the conversation, kind of how um, that sound has developed over the last few albums. And uh, these are the types of conversations, you know, that I really find interesting, um, especially to hear directly from the artists themselves. It was interesting talking to, to them about their sound, but more importantly, they just released an album called Wastelands. So go check that out on iTunes. You can pick it up for 10 bucks, or Spotify or anywhere, any of your favorite streaming platforms, you can find it. Before we get into the episode with Year of October, I just wanted to plug a couple things. Um, Vera Bloom just released an EP. Um, I also did an episode with her over Zoom, but it hasn't come out yet. And uh, I just want you guys to go check that out. It's really great. She's an amazing artist, and uh, go support her. If you have an album that you've just released and you'd like it to be plugged on uh, one of these podcast intros, just email me at realmusicnashville at gmail.com, and we can make that happen. And don't forget February 1st, uh, that's this coming Monday, we are continuing our live stream mini-series at the Whiskey Bent Saloon called Deconstructed with the Wilson Brothers. And um, yeah, that starts at 7 p.m. and ends at 10, uh, and we're doing that every other Monday through March. So come join us, Um, it's free on our Facebook page, and I've been trying to do the YouTube channel as well. But um, I'll put the links in the show notes, and uh, yeah, just join us 7 p.m. this coming Monday. All right, that does it for plugs and updates. Um, Let's get into the episode with Year of October, and we'll transition with a clip from one of their songs off of their new album, Wastelands. This is Wastelands Part 1. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm trying to look all professional. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. All right. Let's get started, I guess. 
year of October. How have you guys been? Pretty good. All right. Yeah. How about you? Good, man. I mean, how is coronavirus treating you? Uh, I know you got a new album out, The Wastelands. Uh, what's it like been trying to promote that without being able to tour on it? Uh, it's definitely been really weird. Um, it's We've had a lot of success on like Instagram and uh, trying, you know, just trying to really beef up our uh, online presence. But it's definitely been very strange uh, putting out a record and not having a string of dates right after it. So, but... It's been good. I mean, been good, for, though, yeah. for only having online really to go on it, I it's I've been pleasantly surprised. So you guys have had success with Instagram and marketing yourselves that way, because I know I've been trying to do that with this podcast, and it is very difficult. Uh, what exactly have you guys been doing? Would you say uh, a lot of interaction with other people and other bands, uh, and then um, just just always talking to people, uh, being friendly with a lot of people. Yeah. Just really engaging in the community, like in, uh, people who follow like, uh, certain things like the rock hashtag or something, just really engaging with those people, um, on their posts. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I think is engagement. Just talking with as many people as we can. Yeah. It's all about the hashtags and personal engagement, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, James, what is your last name? Because for the life of me, I could not find it. Uh, Varner with a B. Varner, okay. Yeah, I did some creeping on you guys, trying to get some show notes and stuff. And every interview I saw was like uh, Felicia, Josh, and the drummer. And I was just like, well, that seems, that seems rude. <laughs> I, like to, I like to remain mysterious. <laughs> I was like, that seems very rude. Um, have, you, have you always been the drummer for... Um, uh, for year of October? I have not. Uh, I joined, uh, let's see, March will be like two years since I joined. Nice. Okay. So, um, I know Felicia, you've, uh, you said that the writing process for Wastelands has been a lot different. Um, and you guys have been writing more as like a band and everything. Do you think the, uh, the addition of, uh, James may have had something to do with that or, uh, was it a gradual thing? Tell me a little bit, a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think that the addition of James definitely helped with uh, that writing and writing more as a band because prior to him being with us, uh, it had pretty much just been Josh and I writing together and then presenting them to whoever um, was playing with us at the time. But James has uh, really come in and it's just been super cohesive since him playing. And like he came in and I swear we were like, two songs, two or three songs. Or two. Yeah. And like the first couple of practices that we had for Wastelands. So it's been really great. Yeah. And, uh, we've been already been writing and recording on a new record and, and that's, it's just with James, it just seems to come very naturally. Just rock and roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask about that. Well, I want to ask about a lot of things, but, um, sure. uh, you guys have, um, You've had you've said that you sat on a lot of the ideas for Wastelands for a few uh, two three years or so, and you're saying you're already recording for your next album. Um, I guess that sort of answers the question: Are you guys going to sit on these songs for a while and let Wastelands sort of play out, or are you planning on just like one record after another, keep it rolling? Uh, the plan right now is uh, put out the next record next October, uh, 2021. So. Uh, 
hopefully a record a year. Uh, and then uh, as, as long as we're writing a bunch of stuff, you know, we'll always be recording it as long as we like it and it's good. Um, I've always wanted to record as much material as I can just because it's, it's a blast to do. And um, yeah, that's the, the plan right now is put out a year after, basically like a year after Wastelands. So do you guys always release your albums in October? Because I know it seems like that's been the last two consecutive now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the only one that we didn't release was our very first one. And I think we just got that one done and we were like, let's put it out now. We were too excited. But we were, we figured we have a month in our band name, so we might as well take advantage of that. Yeah, I wondered if that had anything to do with it. Everything has to happen in October for you guys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah um all right well i feel like i can't really talk about wastelands without talking about your last album um trouble comes so i've been listening to your music for like the last couple weeks and your first two albums you can hear like like sort of the ghost of what you're about to become but then with trouble comes um it was like a totally different sound and uh, you guys had a nema award for best rock album with that um i mean how validating was that award definitely definitely cool uh we were really surprised to win just because uh, we were actually performing at the nemas and we were on stage and they were like here's your award for like as we were about to play so we were like oh thanks you know <laughs> and then we played a couple songs so definitely felt really good uh, it was a lot of fun um i definitely felt like that was a coming out record for for uh what we wanted to what be. we wanted to be um we'd have a lot of member changes and, and that sort of thing people were always really good with us but like it was definitely the direction we were wanting it to go and uh it just felt it felt right um did your i want to talk more about that album but did your nemo award have anything to do with um guitar world reaching out to you for a small article um we actually we had worked with a, a pr company um on promotion with trouble comes and they were the ones who um got us in touch with guitar world and got us in there are you guys still working with any type of management or PR firm or anything like that? Don't, uh, we worked with a, a PR guy out of in, in Indiana uh, a little bit on the on wastelands, but but not really currently. Uh, we're just all doing it all uh, all DIY right now. <laughs> Is there any particular reason for that, or just uh, not really any? Um, it's affordable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the main reason. Um, just like we definitely learned a lot from the from using the the air company that we used on Trouble Comes, and uh, we were able to kind of take that knowledge and apply it as well as we can with, to Wastelands, and and it's definitely been our uh, by far our best release, and that's without touring, without playing shows, like six months up to the release, basically. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so you you think you learned from the PR company enough to do all this marketing yourself and everything. Is that basically how you say, uh, how you think that transitioned or how it did transition? Yeah. Uh, and I think we learned like what was, what was good, uh, what, what, what promotion helps sell records and what didn't. And, uh, I think that was the biggest thing for me is like, how do I, how do I sell some records? You know, cause it's like, you don't want, you know, vinyl just sitting around in your, <laughs> right. in your garage closet and, and i think we did we did, we learned a lot and it's not like necessarily that we won't work with pr in the future 
Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, this year has been crazy. So yeah, we've is. been stuck at home all year. So why not do it ourselves if we already kind of get the gist of it? Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, especially if you can afford it or that way you can uh, keep your money and not have to pay them. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, or how does that work with a PR company? Do you pay them or do they seek you out and then take a percentage of of anything? Is it like a management company? Of, uh, the one we worked with, we paid like a flat fee um, for a certain amount of months. And then we worked up a plan for a release okay, and then followed that to it. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so getting back to Trouble Comes and the, I don't know how to describe it, the difference in sounds from your first two albums to that one, what do you think the catalyst was for, uh, it's like your sound got way heavier, almost like a grungy, kind of like a, a dead weather, but I don't know. Uh, you got like some really witchy vocals going on. What do you think was really kind of like the catalyst for that change? Um, well, we at the time we were playing with our, our friend uh, uh, on drums. His name's Cody Muick, and he's a f phenomenal drummer. And uh, just his style definitely, um, I think, applied really well, especially on that album. Uh, and and he's he's a great drummer. And it's just that was just the I don't know. It's one of those things where uh sometimes when you're writing it you know when you're in the middle of it you don't really realize like i didn't even realize how heavy the record was until it was like done and i was showing other people and they were like oh this is a lot heavier than your last record and like i didn't even i don't know i didn't even really think about it like that i just wanted to write good songs and um i don't know i think i think the biggest thing too i, I that was the second record i played guitar on as well i played guitar on the first record too but i was the i was originally the bass player in the band and uh so I felt like I was getting getting more and more comfortable playing guitar. And, and with Trouble Comes, we were playing with me, Felicia, and Cody. And uh, we had a bass players at times, but it was mostly just the three of us. And um, so getting comfortable in that space with, with having to fill in the low end and, and everything definitely uh, impacted the, the album. So you think just uh, turning into a trio made you have to play heavier and unintentionally gave you this um this newer sound that you're uh with now uh yeah I, I think that was definitely an impact um i think it was just it was just fun fun to play heavier too and it was just something that came i don't know we, we have a rule when we're writing music we're not allowed to like we're not allowed to like define it like you know because the minute you put it in a, in a box you know you can say like hey do this or something but like when you start I don't know when you start putting it in a box it, it can kind of limit what you're doing so like we never really talked about it it was never like a, a, a you know a it was a conscious thing yeah that we like went heavier it just kind of felt right and, and it, it felt where we wanted to be like uh the first song on, on trouble comes like watch it burn like me and cody were playing that riff and felicia just came up with this gnarly vocal line and it just all like kind of meshed together and it was kind of like i don't know borderline evil kind of sound so it was like like oh this is cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely like uh like i said like yeah evil's another good word for it too um uh what led to the decision for you to start multi-tracking your vocals felicia um i've noticed you did that a lot in the newer album and i think you did it in trouble comes some too and do you can you is do you have a pedal or something where you can make that translate on stage at all? 
uh, no, on stage, I just kind of go in one, one mic, one vocal, and just really have a live feel to it. That'd be, uh, that'd be cool, though. <laughs> it, it would be cool if we could do that. I mean, I could get a panel. <laughs> Should ask for that for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, we just really like have a live raw vibe on stage. Uh, but I don't, I think we just kind of got weird with it on one of the songs and started double tracking. We actually, we did it originally on accident on Watch It Burn. You had done two takes and I kept one of them. Oh yeah, and played over the And then I accidentally played them at the same time. And I was like, oh, these sound really cool together. So I was, and and she was like, so she's very consistent with her vocals. Uh, and so it's pretty great because they're slightly different, but they're, I was able to pan them hard left and hard right and uh and get some really cool vibes from that and um yeah i really like i really like doing that kind of vocal stuff um which is definitely definitely dead weathery uh they do some stuff like that it was really cool and, um but yeah it was totally first time it was totally yeah, it was it was a happy accident, accident. yeah <laughs> yeah definitely it definitely worked out like that i think the multi-tracking of the vocals just gives it, yeah, that real eerie sound and also just really powerful vocals behind it as well. It's like, um, yeah, you feel like you're in uh, kind of your backyard doing a little seance or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this um, uh, Wastelands, it seems to be a continuation of this heavier sound that you have now. Do you guys think you've sort of found your voice as a band? Are you going to continue in this same vein? Uh, I think so. I I really like it. I mean, we'll obviously always sort of have a little bit of soul like underlying and bring in all different kinds of stuff. But I feel like this is yeah what we enjoy doing. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, um, with Wastelands too, uh, like with the stuff we're writing after Wastelands, uh, it's definitely more in that vein and, and even a little heavier at times. Um, in your face. Yeah. But it's, but yeah, it's like, we always love having like soulful vocals um, with that heavier sound kind of as a, uh, I don't know. And I like to play hard enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're quiet over there, James. Feel free to jump in. Oh, sure. I'm a I'm 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 a good like one-liners guy. Like, <laughs> I'll think of something funny on the sidelines and then just one liner. You know? Yeah, man. There you go. Um, all right. So, Wastelands has Wastelands one and two, and you just said Wastelands two. So, multiple questions here. So, what is why break why break those two songs into Wastelands one and two, and why are they um, why are they titled like that? We wrote Wastelands 2 first, and that was a jam me and James had that we were we were doing it live at the end of sets. Mm -hmm. It was like a minute long, minute and a half, a half long like riff. Like we would end the set and it would just be... Then it was titled Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, we so yeah. James would yell out Yukon Cornelius. Yukon <laughs> Cornelius! <laughs> the riff on, on part two, and we were, we were like, we got to turn that into a song because we were like, We'd finish the set, and if it felt really good and people were into it, I'd be like, do it. And James would be like, you can't go <laughs> And we would just act ridiculous. But uh, we, we, we were like, we got to turn this into a song. So, because we really liked the riff and everything. So, we wrote, we finished that one, which was a lot of fun. And um, Felicia came up with a killer vocal line for it. And I was like, man, it really needs something 
on like I was because I had we kind of had the idea like the idea and I was like I really need something on the record I was thinking record wise I was like something that would uh I don't know be something like kind of groovy but heavy and, and we immediately wrote part one like on the same day I think and uh that was one that we we came up with I think James started playing the drum beat and I just started playing like we'd all came together very cohesively I think you wrote words over it I think uh I think part one gives part two context yeah, I think it gives more context and and in, in view of the record. Yeah. So how do they relate um, lyrically, or like what is the what is the theme of the two? Uh, so we're big Stephen King fans. Oh, but, oh, sorry to interrupt you. That was going to be one of my questions. Is it does it have anything to do with the book Wastelands that part of the Gunslinger series? It does. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Does. That's awesome. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's Sorry. why, like, part two, uh, we talked about the TikTok man. Awesome. Um, part one. Part, huh? part one, the chorus, oh, the yeah, TikTok yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Part one. Sorry, <laughs> guys. The chorus is literally. <laughs> yeah, part one, we talked about the TikTok man, and then it's kind of like trying to escape. Okay. TikTok man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we love the Dark Tower series and Eric Stephen King, and that's what that is kind of an homage to the wastelands and then when, when we were writing it we we finished part one and i was like man it, it could go right into part two it's like when we end a set yeah. and so we like just fashioned it around that idea and it worked out too because I, I am playing a, the same i'm in a different key but i'm playing the same mode on guitar so i'm in this i'm playing like the same kind of scale so like uh, uh, it's son- like, sonically, it's in the same. It's like a vein. descent into madness. Yeah, I think. Like part one, you're kind of get going crazy, and then part two, it's like yeah, you're gone. Yeah, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't sure I was going to ask that question, but I was like, I wonder if they're Stephen King fans. <laughs> we, we, oh yeah, we love Stephen. I'm actually reading uh, the Institute right now, one of his new ones. Yeah, it's really good so far. Yeah, he said he was going to retire like 10 years ago and he's still dishing stuff out. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, so what has playing live been like for you guys lately? Um, have you done any sort of like, have you looked into the limited capacity shows at all? Uh, we did one. We did one, yeah. Uh, at the East Room and it was cool. Uh, and it was, it was very safe. Uh, you were seated at tables and everybody was separate and wearing masks. It, it yeah. was nice to play in front of people. Um, I will so say, say that, like, as an onlooker at a show like that, I mean, I of course I enjoy you know playing live and being able to see bands live, but it's different when you like when you're forced to sit down and like forced to be in this spot, you know? Because I I'm, I like being able to walk around and then like see different mm-hmm. sides of the stage. And I agree. Know. I I've missed uh, being like right up front at the stage. Yeah, so, so the energy yeah. is just like but, not there but, with these these socially distanced shows. I guess it's hard to feed off of a bunch of people that are. How do they do it? Do they do they just sit at tables that are like six feet apart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if you, if you're drinking a beer, you have to keep your mask up and just pull it down to have a sip. Is the rule? <laughs> so, but uh, but I felt safe. That, I, felt I did feel safe. safe. That's it, was, it, was, it was great. Uh, it felt. I mean, even with all that. It, it felt great to play again in front of people. We've been we've done a lot, quite a few live streams, and it's just it's that's that's where it's really not the same. It's just um, and it's cool. I'm really glad that we can do that, and it's really great to have people watch. 
Um, but it, when you finish a song and you're in your, you know, your practice space or somewhere else, and it's like, I don't know, you can't feed, all, you can't tell if people are really into it or not. Because that's like one of the coolest parts about, you know, playing rock and roll like a live show mm-hmm. is like, you don't feel safe. Like some of, <laughs> some of the, like, the most fun I've ever had at a show and I did not feel safe. Yeah. And, but, you know, I understand that we all need to be socially distanced and safe during this time. Yes. <laughs> safe from COVID. From COVID. Yeah. 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 Not Other bar- things bar- we don't have to Not from the main, not from the main part. <laughs> main part. Yeah, the main part. Physical harm. Yeah. <laughs> not explained. That is. It seems like you're talking about a specific bartender. And I didn't hear what Felicia just said, but it sounded like another, <laughs> maybe you have some uh, dangerous audience members or something. <laughs> One of the, that was a wild show. That it was, was a wild show, yeah. It was a birthday party show in Augusta. Yeah. Uh, and it was a great show. It was awesome. It was there was awesome. a ton of people there. It was packed. I almost had a panic attack because I have sometimes Space. an issue with being very close to a bunch of different people. We all got hit <laughs> with a giant there, inflatable penis. Yeah. It was like four feet long. It was huge. 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 And it just uh, smacked me right in the eye. And somebody somebody had like spilled beer on it. Yeah. Uh, like, so it was like... like a, I got, thrown up in the air yeah and the ceiling fan to the eye beer on it and all these penis juices just flying <laughs> really insane. yeah that was like right after our set so we're already like like sweaty and tired <laughs> it was very fun it was though. an awesome show it was great we couldn't move though like there's so many people packed in and that, in that venue you play in like a stage but it's like a it's like a, a it's a long skinny it's room it's a long skinny room so everyone is to the left or right of the stage usually so it's it's a, it's a cool setup. In hindsight, it is a rather phallic room, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's long and skinny. All right, so uh, beer, beer-covered beer penis is now the uh, title of this episode. <laughs> it's a new album title. Um, <laughs> have you guys looked into any of... Um, so I know like The Five Spot and Exit In, and I don't know if The End is... I don't know, it just seems like various um, venues around town have been doing their own live streams. Um, do you have your own setup, or have you looked into doing stuff with them? Uh, we've done some ourselves, and then uh, we shot one for our album release uh, um, in a warehouse. In a warehouse, yeah, we did that. Uh, but we actually are doing one with the Five Spot in January. We did, and we're doing the J- January with the Five Spot, and then there's another like uh, live stream thing. It's uh, the Dark Lounge. We did that one in June. We're doing another one late January. So we're getting them lined up. We just gotta. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I, if I'm not mistaken. I think the end just sold. They did. I think the okay. end just sold. Yeah, they did. I did hear about that. Like, um, someone bought that whole strip of uh, buildings yeah. right there, but I didn't know if they were going to allow the end to stay open. I haven't. I don't really know the details on that. Yeah, I hope. I hope so. That's yeah. a cool spot. Yeah. the uh, The unfortunate part is they're building, uh, like a high rise. Um, apartment building right there and it's right across from the exit in and that's just going to yeah. be I mean I know things have to change but I really wish that wouldn't you know I agree the exit in the exit in is so awesome too I, really I know I love yeah yeah the last thing <laughs> the exit in needs is like a bunch of apartment residents calling the cops on them because the music is too loud it's still like ridiculous why would you build sorry I'm I'm not going to go on that <laughs> No, no, it's cool. Hey, man, we're Nashville needs more apartments. You know? <laughs> That's all we need. Well, I remember what they did to the Soul Shine uh, Pizza in Midtown. Oh, uh, yeah. Where they, they, yeah, they basically screwed them Kept over. Kept calling on yeah. that. Yep. That, that, that sucked. Down. Yeah. That was a cool spot, too. 
Um, all right. So back to these live streams. Um, when you do them yourselves, uh, or you said you're about to do one in a warehouse, are you bringing in like some people you know that have really expensive equipment and stuff like that, or do you just have your own setup? And if you do have your own setup, what is your what? How do you set all that up, and how do you do your live streams? Well, like the the one we did at the warehouse um, was just you know I I have some cameras that I own. Felicia had some cameras as well, and Josh Mike's and yeah Josh just brought our whole uh, basically our whole recording rig and computer and everything, and uh, we were able to use like six six different cameras that we pieced together, and then uh, with the the warehouse one it was really nice because we could we basically recorded it two weeks early. It was a pre-recorded live stream. It was a pre-recorded oh, okay. live stream. That, that's what I was going to ask. Like, with that amount yeah. of cameras, how did you... Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah we pre-recorded it, and I added the video, I, and Josh added the audio. Yeah, I got the audio. we went it through Pro Tools so that it would sound good. Yeah, we wanted it to sound good. We didn't, you know, we didn't punch in or fix anything. Like, if there was anything, right. it, was, it was just basically just Make do sure a little bit of EQing, mic'd. mic it up, you know get a good live sound and then get the audio get over to her. And then she takes the six cameras angles and makes it all work. It was a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah. Editing is a lot of work. It's a full-time job. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You guys both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then when we, we have live stream of the house though, sometimes when we just go, we've done it direct, just, just going straight onto like a, a phone or a, a an iPad or something, and it just—it doesn't sound great. But we've done, we have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's no, there's nothing like you know playing a song and rocking your heart out, and then the song ends and it's just quiet and silence. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you see the comments. I can't hear the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> the drums are too loud. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, you guys need a producer or something. Mm -hmm. I know that would be lovely. Um, be I'm nice. looking forward to the five spot live stream and the dark lounge because I don't have I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean I can play. I have to play. I don't have to not take <laughs> I don't have to do anything. <laughs> you guys take it over from here. Show up. Yeah. <laughs> Just put my guitar on stage. Um, but did you say you have done some live streams at uh, venues though? We, we did, we did one the, at the dark lounge. The dark lounge. Yeah. Yeah. So. In June. And it's a it's a cool setup. Yeah. How did they? Sorry, I'm really fascinated with live streaming and how everyone no, does no. it. Um, how did they market you? Did they use one of these um, these live streaming companies that people have been using, uh, or did they just put you out to uh, like a, a bunch of different uh, social media sites at once with a donate button set up? How did they? They went through Twitch. Twitch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they were live on Twitch, and people had to join through Twitch. Yeah, and then I think they shared the live stream on their like Instagram and their Facebook and stuff. You know, like yeah, they were yeah. going live this in like an hour or something. And they had like a link to their Twitch page. Um, what was great about that one too, though, is they because they had everything mixed to a board, and then they had like a stereo out. But then they 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 rip it all onto a computer. But we were able to use your USB and get the whole video with the audio and the audio had been edited and sounded good or not edited but like mixed you know right and uh so a live mix so we were able to get like an hour long video that we were able to cut up and then share on youtube that's awesome yeah i think that's probably the biggest benefit of doing live streams is if you can get that uh 
material from them with like a, a you know an external hard drive or something then you have mm-hmm. a ton of content that you can put out on your own pages and stuff exactly. yeah it's really yeah. great yeah we've we've really tried to to beef up that kind of stuff and, and use as much of it as we can <laughs> yeah i hear you um so do you guys have any any shows on the books right now for i mean when do you think you'll be able to play actually live again I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not We've got those live streams in January. Um, we have a, a couple of the duo, like just because me and Felicia also just play the, just the two of us. We actually do a lot of the same songs, but we do kind of like a almost an acoustic setup. We play like, you know, small like restaurants and stuff. We have a couple of those lined up in ones in like late January and ones in like early February. We'll see if they uh, We'll see if they, yeah, yeah. We, have, we just, we had a bunch of those get canceled so yeah we have them we have them booked i have no idea if it'll happen um sadly I think in the winter it'll be harder because we played a few over the summer because they were able to be outside like we played some wineries and stuff yeah. as a duo and you they were right. outside yeah. and everything was socially distant it was really great but i think with it getting cold it'll be yeah, a lot I don't, harder i don't, I don't know how they would, i don't know how they'd be able to do it mm-hmm. well that was a depressing question i regret asking it <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's a real question. It's a real question. Yeah. You gotta take the good with the bad. I am interested in your setup. And even the ugly. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart. Um, I am interested in your in your setup though, Josh. Um, with this new heavier sound. Can you kind of walk me through sort of like maybe what your pedal board looks like and kind of your setup and what you're playing out of? <laughs> Yeah, I'll show it to you here. Awesome. Here, let me get that plug out there. So here's here's what I'm working with. There we get it a little closer. Oh, oh no! Oh no! No, the poly No, it's falling apart. You lost the tuna. <laughs> the tuna. We got too much tuna. Oh no! So so we got. I got pretty much. It's pretty simple setup. I got my reverb. That I pretty much always have on because my amp reverb is busted. And then I got delay, which is an analog delay, tremolo, uh, fuzz pedal, and then I got my pog, and then a tuner. And a lot of cat hair. And a lot of cat hair. This thing looks pretty gross right now. Um, I caught one of my cats laying in the middle of it the other night. <laughs> so what? But the tuner, the fuzz is cool. That's a. All right. So which buttons do you hit to make your sound so? like um not just heavy but like full sounding almost to where you don't even need a bassist it seems like all of them <laughs> <laughs> just turn them all on <laughs> these two right here are are the uh, the fuzz is the fuzz yeah these are the most used for sure he's pointing at the pog uh, and the fuzz for those listening yeah and the fuzz is a, a roger mayer axis fuzz and uh what's pretty great about it i mean i keep the settings pretty much like like two thirds or, or higher on, on level and fuzz. But uh, what's pretty great about the fuzz, it has a little bit of a natural low end boost anyways. So it just kind of cranks. It, it's like hitting a, I would say it's like hitting a, an air, you know, what is it? Hitting an airplane. It's like an airplane taking off. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going. I was anyway, anyway. Um, so it's got a little bit of a natural low end boost, but I, I it's really responsive. Like if I, I can use this pedal, and, and if I play it like finger style, it's not going to be nearly as 
it, it basically responds to how hard you play it. You're playing your guitar. So if I'm, you know, hitting like, like filling out some chords and stuff, it's, it, you can really, uh, you basically base the entire pedal on, on how your hands are. So it's a very uh, dynamic pedal. Very dynamic, uh, and it, it really takes off when you want it to. And then the Pog uh, will, I got a, a sub octave and a, also a high octave. I usually don't use the high octave as much, but so when you really want to kick it in and uh, like Wastelands part one and part two, I think I have the octave on on both pretty much the whole time. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it really kicks it into gear. I don't ever use the Pog without the fuzz though, because it sounds like 80s, uh, like, keyboard sounds which is cool but it's not really what we need <laughs> yeah well i appreciate you going over that for me man i was uh i've been uh thinking about that the last like week or so listening to your albums and i was like hmm that's a, such a full sound i really would like to see the pedal board so thanks oh yeah <laughs> there it is oh, no problem, no problem. I, I was gonna say too on this one any of the solos i usually crank up the whoop, on the record crank up the uh delay yeah and really get some nice good uh sustain and a uh, little little because the delay with the fuzz is, it sounds pretty cool so awesome man so <laughs> <laughs> and there goes the pedal board uh so you guys are talking about you're already starting to write other songs and uh uh josh you said that you called it wastelands too when you were talking about it is are the new songs a continue is there going to be a wasteland album one and a wasteland album two like there is a song one and two on wastelands no i don't, I don't think so <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely it's kind of different it's definitely a different vibe than wastelands uh the working title is uh ron swanson, ron I love swanson. It. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's um it's definitely a uh i think it's the next progression of you know stuff a lot of the songs on this on the, that we're writing right now are we got some really long ones on there on this this new one i'm working on um uh, they're a little it's like it's some of the heaviest stuff we've written i don't know we're still we're still working on it so it's like i don't know um don't put it in the box i'm not putting it in the yeah. box I'm like, <laughs> uh, my own box uh, but uh but no it's, it's cool. it has it's the set. same vibe as wastelands like i feel like it, you can definitely tell that we're feeling out that same area, uh, yeah. um, but it is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's too soon to even be mentioning that. Wastelands just came out, so uh, you guys have plenty of time to work on, well, you have until next October to work on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up, man. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you guys, and the way I've been ending these episodes is... So like what I'm trying to do with this podcast is sort of create like a network or community um, with all the artists that I bring on. I want you guys to be able to promote each other and uh, eventually, you know, hopefully you'll all promote each other um, when a new episode comes out. And when, you know, the, these various artists release their albums and stuff, I just, I hope it turns into like a community where you can all boost each other up. So in that same vein, um, what I've been asking each artist to do at the end of the episode is pick a Nashville based artist that they think the listener should know about and uh, just sort of blast them out, you know? Cool. Very cool. That's All right. Awesome. So do that now. Yeah. yeah. Like we each get one. We each get one. Okay. Uh, Casey Joe and the Friday Night Dads. I'm sorry. Say that again. I stepped on it. Oh, it's not good. Casey Joe and the Friday Night Dads. 
they're dope and they just put out a new record. Uh, I'm going to say good friends of ours, The Dangerous Method, um, super great people, awesome band. um, And they're working on, about to be working on multiple records coming out. So, And I'd say uh, my buddy Ben plays in this band called Laundry. Uh, L-A-W-N-D-R-Y. Laundry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're they're like psychedelic big band it's phenomenal awesome i love anything psychedelic all right guys well i really appreciate you guys coming on and uh stick around when i uh stop the recording here but uh but i think it's been a great conversation and i really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on yeah this is super fun thank you for having us all right see you guys And that's the end of the episode with Year of October. Those guys are great and just super easy to talk to. Um, be sure and check out the three artists that they mentioned at the end of the episode because um, I really do want to build this into a community for the you know Nashville-based artists. Um, we'll end the episode with another song off of their new album, Wastelands. This is Wastelands Part 2. <laughs>